So now we have the band Bread of Stone with us today. They're going to hang out here for a couple minutes, answer some questions that we have, that you guys will also then have a chance to be able to ask some questions too. So let's get right into it so we have the most time possible. So first, what I'd like you guys to do is tell me your name, if you're willing to, your age, where you guys are from, and then lastly, a fact about yourself that does not have to apply to music whatsoever. So I threw you for a loop, but here you go. Facts for myself. My name is Ben Cristianto. Hello, everybody. I'm 34 years old. I think 34, 33. You lose track of age when you're this old. Um, what was the second? What were some of the? I'm from Sioux City, Iowa. All right. Anybody here have been to Iowa before? Yeah. And you decided not to go and stay there for too long. I get it. I get it. Um, fun fact about me: um, I love fishing. So yeah. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Um, my name is Bill, and I'm the guitarist in the band, and from Sioux City, Iowa. Uh, fact, I'm his brother. Fact. That's a fact. Yeah. My name is Jason. I play drums for Bread of Stone. Um, originally from Toledo, Ohio, now from Sioux City, Iowa. Fact about me, I really like soccer. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Um, my name is Tim. Are we saying last names? I can't. So I'm also, from, I'm also from the Sioux City, Iowa area, and I'm 28 years old. Um, and I have a twin sister named Joy. We're not identical. Sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, that would be a compliment to you if that's actually what I was trying to say. <laughs> Don't throw me under the bus yet. We just started. All right. Uh, yeah. Whatever. We're here. Thank you. Thank you. We clarified that yesterday, too. So uh, next question for you guys. How many years have you been here at Creation, and what is your favorite Creation memory? We've been here, I think, six years. Well, we got here on Tuesday, but um, yeah. Uh, six years we've been at coming to creation. Uh, we know one thing I love. Is it eight years? Maybe? We're old. And um, my favorite thing, generally speaking, is um, meeting people, right? And then getting to see them again and again. Um, this last, yesterday, yesterday, after our set, um, we went with another group. I don't know if you guys remember, maybe some of you knew about this or not, but there was a girl that got burned f during her campfire stay last year. Yeah, Madeline. Yeah. So um, so were you part of the troublemaker guys that wasn't with us at the time yesterday? Because they said there's some troublemakers in their group that weren't with us. But anyways, we're not going to go there. <laughs> but uh, so we got to visit them last year at their church, um, and then... Yesterday, uh, the whole group was there, minus him, um, and we got to spend some time together. So for us, that's the uh, uniqueness and the fun part about being at an event like this is the people. That's the biggest thing. That's awesome. So traveling here to Creation, uh, you guys maybe have gotten to experience the food here. What's the go-to food while you're here? 
Uh, the the bubble the bubble tea bubble bubble tea drink, I mean it's food. There's tapioca balls in there. That's a that's a food. That is so good. The Asian grill. The Asian grill. What's your favorite food? The catering. Was <laughs> is no 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 no. Those guys work so hard for that. Uh, uh, yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. All right, all right. What are you guys telling? You guys favorite food? Oh, I've seen that. How can they do that? Guys, it was good. It was good. Yeah, that cheesecake, that's to die for. So if you like cheesecake, go for it. It's worth it for sure. Unless you're lactose intolerant, which I am. <laughs> Not worth. <laughs> it really is. To <laughs> That's so funny. All right, so I guess another question for you guys is, how did you get started in music, and I guess even with the band as well? All right, so um, it started with my brother and I, and it was, it was an odd thing because we were, um, we were sitting down eating dinner one time as a family, and we came from a family, we, we, we grew up in Indonesia, and um, we weren't accustomed to a lot of like music outside of what's sung at church. You know, a lot of time in Indonesia, very traditional, so it's just basically just hymns. Um, and so we didn't know that there was this whole Christian music thing. And at that time, we were not involved in any sort of music whatsoever until uh, our dad told us and said, I feel like the Lord wants you guys to start a music ministry. And we're like, Dad, you might be getting old. Are you okay in the head? Because do you realize we're not musicians or singers? We've never done any of that stuff before. And, but we trusted in our dad. We trusted in the Lord much more and said, if this is what he has for us, let's do this. And so we started taking, I started taking piano lessons. My brother took guitar lessons and then vocal lessons because we realized we couldn't sing. Um, and so um, it started with the two of us. It took several years to get on our feet and like actually do something that was halfway decent. Um, and it's 2004 was when we started the band Bread of Stone. And the reason why we name ourselves Bread of Stone is because we felt like we were stone, meaning useless materials. And it's only through Christ that he's able to transform us to become bread, to be a blessing for others. So really is um, a testimony to say that it's not about how good you are, how talented you are, how smart you are. It's really about how willing you are to, to obey the Lord. And when you're willing to obey the Lord, he'll take you places you've never dreamed about. He'll take you places that you've never imagined. Um, and so that's how we begin our music journey. And along the way, uh, Tim, which is close to where we live, um, joined, how long ago have you joined? Is it 10? 11, 12 years, a while. He was just an infant when he started with us. Um, and then uh, Jason is the newest member. He's been four years uh, with us since from Ohio. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of how we started the, the band. That's cool. So, yeah, that is awesome. That really is cool. Um, so you mentioned about just, like, God, like, I love the fact that Christian, you know, you guys are all about Christian music, you know, you're living that out. Um, my question for you guys then is, doing this as God's calling on your life and, and getting the opportunity to go here and, and many other places to be able to share his story and your story all throughout, what is that like? It's definitely an honor, and it's something I've never really thought we would be doing. Honestly, I could remember when the Lord told us to do music ministry, both of us were thinking, you know, we'll probably lead worship at a local church or something like that. 
never thought would be traveling or doing this band thing at all. And I remember, because this is how much we didn't know anything about Christian music. One of my dad's friends came by the house and dropped us a CD, DC Talk, Jesus Freak, okay? And we got it, and we threw it away because we thought it was a devil's music. Okay, so that's how, that's how we're like, boy, this cover is demonic in some sense. Like, Jesus, freak, whoa. You know, so we just threw it away. And then later on, we had to spend $25 for a CD back when CDs were, you know, a new thing. We were in the cassette era at that time. So I don't know if you guys remember cassette eras. But anyways. <laughs> so, like, so for us, the... This is an honor to do this because this isn't something that um, we this isn't something we take for granted, um, especially being put in a platform. Um, you really have to be aware of who you are because oftentimes people forget who they are, and when somebody around you says "good job" or "you're cool," "you're awesome," or whatever, a lot of that stuff tends to get to you, and then now you're starting to think that oh, yeah, I did do a good job, not realizing that if it wasn't for Jesus Christ and what he's done in us, this would not be possible. So for us, it's a great thing that we have a team of people, not just the four of us in the band, but we have um, my wife travel, his wife travel, his wife travel. He doesn't have a wife. He's still single. Um, but <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all the single guys, uh, cool. All right, but <laughs> uh, we, we realize that this, this is a community that, that the Lord has put us in, and it's really good that we can help each other out in um, reminding each other the fact that why are we still doing this, and why, ha why, have, uh, why does the Lord have us do what we're doing right now? And if we at some point forget that, then I think we kind of forgotten the whole reason why we even start this in the beginning. So that's what the key important thing is. Doing this is not just something that's fun, but doing this is something that is an honor and a great responsibility. But we do have fun doing it as well. We have great joy in doing this. Awesome. So you mentioned a little bit about, you know, in the early days, you were thinking you were going to do worship music, maybe at a church and stuff like that. What else was your, your life like when you were younger, at, like at that age? What, what things were going on in your life? Where were you? Stuff like that. Oh, well, for, I don't know about these guys, because they were very young when we were young. But um, for, for us, growing up in Indonesia, my parents were ministers. So we travel around to like villages and stuff on the weekends to minister to different people. And then when we moved here, our family owns a trucking company. And so growing up after school, we'd be turning wrenches, helping out with all the, you know, diesel mechanic and upkeeping of semi-trucks. And then going fishing on the weekend, catching big fish. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe a little bit bigger than that. Um, but that was kind of the activity that we did. Nothing at all to do with like music or whatever. And then it wasn't until when the Lord called us. But I don't know, maybe these guys could share a little bit about their childhood? Uh, well, I grew up playing music. Uh, Tim did. So I started drumming when I was four. Uh, drummed my first band right out of high school. Uh, but for me, I've always thanked these guys for responding to the call um, that God placed on their life so that I can live out uh, my calling as well. So. Yeah, same for me. Um, my dad is a musician. And I have... Uh, I have four, five other siblings, and they're all musicians as well. So I grew up around music my whole life. Um, started playing bass, guitar uh, when I was like 13. Um, you know, 
and then that's the only instrument I've ever played, so I don't really play piano or guitar or anything like that, but so that was my life. So uh, talking to the past again, are there any funny stories or embarrassing you know, things that have happened to you back then that you'd be willing to share with us today I'm that we might find I funny? <laughs> Go for it. There are a lot of crazy things that happen um, on the road, um, especially when you're yeah, traveling a lot and all that stuff. Crazy stuff. I mean, Tim could share. Tim on this end has got a lot of experiences with... Oh, here we go. All right. So two th I think it was in 2012 when this happened. This was at East because um, we do West as well. Um, so, so we, this happened here at East at Fringe Stage in 2012. And so what happened was, um, you all know the band Demon Hunter, the hardcore band, heavy metal. And so they were headlining the stage this night. And I wasn't told that uh, what security was told, that they don't want any photographers or really anybody on stage during the performance. And I was, um, I broke both rules. I had a camera in my hand and I was on stage. And I was taking pictures of just, uh, you know, they, they mentioned the production company, so I was taking pictures of our production stuff, just kind of getting some content that we could use for stuff, purposes. And I'm sitting here with the camera, and all of a sudden, um, this big, burly, military, ex-military security guard comes up and scoops me up, grabs me by the knees, picks me up on his shoulder, carries me over, I don't know if there's any road cases, kind of like this, carries me over these, like he'd, he had reached over to pick me up, carries me over, takes me out of the tent and like over a fence and put me on the ground on the road and starts to continue, starts to say, hey, um, you can't, you can't be on the stage, you can't be here, like, you know, you need to go, you need to leave your, you know, and I'm like, I'm sitting there like trying to figure out what just happened because I just got carried out of the tent with the camera in my face and I'm like, ah, and um, uh, I was told that one of these guys saw it, um, didn't really say they were actually enjoying themselves. Um, I'm not bitter at all. I, I've I've forgiven you, um, <laughs> and so it was it was fine. Somebody came out and said, "Hey, no, no, he's with the stage and all this stuff." And the guy was like, "Oh," and he was real apologetic and all this stuff. But they were doing their job and they did a great job at it. So, um, yeah, that's that's that. <laughs> well, the guy came up to came up to one of us, I think, and said, "Is he with you?" I said, "No." <laughs> wow <laughs> that's a real friend right there <laughs> that's awesome oh that's love any of my brothers would have done that to me too for sure <laughs> I'm getting a dirty look from my friend over there <laughs> um, so you guys travel a lot and you've been doing this for quite some time as well um, and I'm sure you don't get many days off but what do you do on your days off you mentioned fishing. Is there anything else that by chance you do? Actually, fishing stopped as soon as the band started. It was like a Jesus thing. I don't know if you guys, like, fishermen, you meet Jesus, and you don't fish anymore. It's, I don't know. <laughs> but it stopped after we started doing ministry stuff. But um, what do we like to do? Okay, movies. Work. Work, pretty much. Honestly, we're just working nonstop. If we don't, uh, if we're, we have a break, we'll work on new music. Um, uh, or other stuff because we also have production shows, production company, building new shows and all that stuff. So a lot of it's work. But we do like, if we do have some time off, we usually spend it together, honestly. Well, 
and eating. We like eating a lot. I think just a little bit of an explanation. So a lot of the bands that are here, um, especially bands that are going main stage, they're, they work with like a label. So basically the label is like a, 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 an umbrella that they, that they help with like management and booking and all that stuff. So like they go to somebody and help produce their record and, and all this stuff. Well, well, we felt like God's called us to a different direction. And so we're an independent artist. So we don't have that help. So all that stuff we have to do ourselves. So the shows, the booking, the social media, the um, management, like making the CD, recording it, all that we have to, we don't have somebody funding, um, you know, a record because the CD could be anywhere from ten to $100,000, you know what I mean, to, to, to produce. And so... We just do all that stuff ourselves, and, and so um, because we don't have a lot of the help, well, we, here we are, you know, day and night doing it ourselves, and so I think that's a, if you can kind of get a little bit of an idea, and that's, that's why we, we uh, are boring. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, so, no, listen, you could roast him all you want. We have a bass player, Nico, and he's, he's hiding somewhere. Oh, right over here. Sorry, I thought you were over there. He, he should be hiding. He's a bass I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I was joking. We love you. All right, so question then, based on what you just said, it sounds like you guys have insanely busy lives. You also mentioned about having wives, except for, you know, some of us. That's because we're, ba we're bass players. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, how in the world do you balance such a busy lifestyle and, and be able to give yourself 100% in every possible area? I, it takes a village to run a village. Um, I don't know what I'm saying, really. I, the way I see it is this. When this is a job you have to do, then you're going to have to split the time up, meaning like, well, I got to do work, and then when I come back, I got to do f this and do that. But when it is your life, it's all together. And that's the way we view it, is just that what we do, the ministry side of it, it's not just like, hey, we're going to do ministry. And then when we go home, it's just like, all right, that's done for. Let's wait till next month to continue ministry. It's not, because it happens throughout our entire, from day to day, type of activity. So we see this as like one big life basically. And we don't separate between like, oh, we need to have a time to ourselves. Although there is times where we have time to ourselves, but it isn't something that we go out of the way to make happen. It's just, this is what we do. This is who we are. And we, the good thing is we enjoy being in each other's company. We enjoy being around each other and we enjoy what we do. So it's like a win-win and a plus situation for us. Well, I think one of the things that <clears throat> we kind of talk about, and we've been talking this, this, this week's been great for us. Um, a good friend of ours is a Dave, he was just walking by here earlier. Uh, he's a pastor, and he's, he's done, like, road pastoring. He's been with some other bands where he goes on the road and, you know, be the road pastor, so to speak. Um, and he's a good friend of ours. And, and this week kind of reminds us of that as well. Like, you know, if you can't serve one another, there's no way that you can serve others. You know what I mean? Like, so it starts with your home with your team. And so um, what's really cool is we bring home with us.
bring our village with us, our team, you know, so to speak. So, um, and everyone kind of pitches in, and and what what happens is there's that certain uh, community feel, that vibe, and that energy that you you know every day you're like, this is really cool, you know, because you're not like fighting the fight by yourself. And I think that's what this is about, camp creation, and and um, creation itself, and church and is that you, you go out there and you get supported into what you do. So then it's not a job, you know, it's, it's, it's life. You know, Christian, being a Christian isn't something that you do at church or at home. It's you. It's who you are. And, and, um, and I, think some, I think that's some of the struggles of, of life or being a Christian where it's an up and down. It's because you have... While I'm home, I'm this way. This is who I am. When I'm with these people, I'm this way. But it, that's not who you are. I mean, does that make sense? And I think that that, um, that helps us a lot as, as a team because we're not cons- – we know that God's going to do work with or without us, right? But it's up to us to say, yes, we, we want to be a part of your work. And so – that's when it happens. It's, it's in our bus or at home or, you know what I mean, in, in our community. So I just wanted to add to that. All right. So your living ministry everywhere you go, what other, I guess, real, not real, that's probably a terrible word to use, but other areas of ministry do you get to do other than performing music? Do you guys get to speak anywhere, maybe preach or anything like that? Yes, sometimes people ask us to preach or to do speaking, but we also have a ministry in Indonesia called The Light Project, and that's a ministry that's birthed uh, actually from our parents because they do a lot of ministry work there in Indonesia and Australia as well. Here's my Australian friend. (laughs) Are you from Australia too? Oh, you're just excited. That's cool. (laughs) Definitely wants to go to Australia. I feel you. I haven't been there myself, but this year I'm going to go there, so we're excited. Um, So... Uh, it was a ministry that was birthed from our parents, and we started it uh, called The Light Project. And in a nutshell, what it does is we um, finance, we support people who are already doing ministry in Indonesia towards refugee, towards uh, women who have been abused and um, trafficked, uh, towards people who live out in the landfills, people that make their money from going through the garbage to find recycled materials. And um, the reason why that was is because God... I put it in our heart to, to give back because we understand this is a, there's one form of ministry that we're doing here through music and how we're reaching certain people through that. But there's also other parts of the world that people are suffering and needing encouragement, needing help. And um, although we, some, we sometimes play there, but we rarely play um, music just because Indonesia, you can't really just open up a stage in the middle of the field and start doing what we're doing here. Um, they, do not, yeah, they do not take kindly to that stuff. So we do ministry in other forms um, in Indonesia as well. So that's one other things that we do um, aside from here in the United States. So what is family life like for you guys? I guess being married, I mean, a lot of these are kids, so they're not really going to understand married life. But what was it like dating? What is it like to be married now? What was relationships for you guys? Sorry. (laughs) Tim, I won't pass the mic to you. Um, man, I'm not a big fan of, like, dating, personally, myself. Um, I feel like if you pursue someone 
or live your life and pursue for a partner, I think you're kind of missing the point. Um, Paul talks about this a lot, about pursuing Christ. Um, I think for us who are believers, those of us who have felt or um, understand what it means to be bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, to be redeemed by Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, I think our outlook in life should be Christ first in everything that we do. Whether it's our work, whether it's school, whether everything you do, a lot of times we say like, oh, when I go do mission work, then that's something I do for Jesus or for others, right? But the reality is, even if you're in school, don't think that what you're doing is for yourself. My dad often talks to us about this. It's like, you know how times we like, oh, we want to get good grades and all that stuff. And he's just like, but why? Why? The important thing is, why do you do the things that you do? It's not about what you do. It's the reason why you do what you do that's, that matters. Because if inside from what's inside the heart is what comes out of a person. And so even when you're doing work or schoolwork, you're not just trying to get good grades so that you can have better scholarship or whatever like that. You're doing this out of the thankfulness of your heart because of what God has done in you. And this is a, a reflection of your heart to say thanks. So whatever it's, whether it's schoolwork, whether it's uh, working for somebody else at a job, this is our thankfulness to God, and it manifests itself maybe in a, in a place of ministry, in a place of workplace, or in school, but our ultimate goal is always for Jesus Christ, because he was the one that initially gave us life in the first place. So in a sense, like this, it's like um, if you save somebody, let's say somebody was in um, out in the ocean trying to go to Australia, and they couldn't quite make it, so they're stranded in a little boat, right? And a big ship came, and if you would have not been rescued, you'd have been dead. Somebody came along with a big ship and rescued you, right? That's salvation. There's a rescue right there. But at the same time, Christ did not stop right there, but just rescuing you from the water. Because if a person got rescued from the water and go on a boat, and you never fed him or give him any water, they'll die too. So it's the same thing as being on the water. But Christ gave us everything, life abundantly, right? And so when you... The way I see it is, if I'm a person that has been saved and been given life by being on that boat, not only that, but also been given food and nourishment so that I could survive, the way I see it is, my life is no longer for myself. This someone has given me a second chance, an opportunity to live again where I was supposed to be dead. Now I am alive because of him. And so my allegiance isn't then to just be like, hey, thanks for the food, thanks for saving me, and then go off and do my own thing. Because there was a lot of that even in the Bible where Jesus would heal somebody. And you see a lot of um, you see a lot of stories where people would experience the healing power of Jesus Christ himself here on earth. But all they did was thank you and then you never heard from them again. There, there are those who realize this is not just me being healed, but I've been given a second chance. I've been given new life. And they decide, I want to follow him. And that's the type of life that we want to encourage for this next generation to come, for you guys, is to realize that being a Christian isn't just about being good, being nice to others, being compassionate to others. Because honestly, it's not about just those things, but it's about willing to give up yourself to follow after Jesus. And like for, I said, some for King Country hats and stuff, one of their songs is like, Fix My Eyes, Right. That's the primary focus of our life is Jesus because he's given us everything already. And, and, and that, is, that is the way we perceive and view our life that, um, you know, it's no longer about us. It's no longer about how, 
we pursue our life, but in everything that we do, whatever is in front of you right now, some of you guys, a lot of you guys, you guys in middle school or high school, right? Middle school, high school people. Any college? College, college. You in college, bro? Graduated. Gra- <laughs> graduated. Welcome. Congratulations. Anyways, whatever it is in, in your life, right here, right now, this is what God has for you. So don't be on the lookout for something. Because oftentimes we live in a world that's like living in the future, but you're not living in the here and now. Whatever God has for you, focus on this thing and do whatever it is out of the gratefulness of your heart towards him and do the best that you possibly can. And don't worry about tomorrow because God himself will direct your path. It says, if you acknowledge me, this is what Jesus said, if you acknowledge me in all your ways, I will make your path straight. Meaning what? Meaning we're going to screw things up more than likely, right? If we try to figure things out, Oftentimes, it never ends up that great anyways. But he says, if you acknowledge him, give him everything first, he will make your path, whatever is crooked, he will make your path straight. So then you find yourself like, oh, I can't believe this, but God has already prepared this for me. And it's just like a simple and easy way to live life. So I know that's kind of long, but. That was a good word for sure. And it spoke to me. So, hey, you know what? That's awesome. Um, so I have one last question for you guys, and then we'll open up to everyone out here so that you guys can ask them any questions that you'd like. My last question for you is, if you could go back in time and find yourself as a 13-year-old, what would you tell yourself knowing everything that you know now about where you are, about who you are, the things you've gone through? We'll start with Tim. Um, well... Uh, when I was, I was homeschooled. Any homeschoolers in here? Oh, we got some homeschoolers. All right. Homeschooling was great. Um, I have, like I said, five siblings, my twin. Um, so I guess, you know, with, with, um, you know, my, my, my dad was kind of the, the one who, um, initiated like the mornings and would sit down with us and, we would pray and read the Bible and just before we even opened the textbook. Um, and when I was 13, I'm trying to think back when it happened when I was 13, so I guess sometime in that time, um, just I think I would have told myself, um, you know, listen more and speak less um, in that in that like situation because, um, you know, I see now that I'm where I'm at because of what he did for me, my dad, and then the Lord, too. So my dad ushered me into this place and said, this is where my life was changed. This is what I want for you. And um, when I was younger, I listened, and I really followed my dad, but I was still that 13-year-old that had the attention span of whatever and just, like, kind of wanted to do my own thing. Um, that's probably what I would what I what I what I would tell myself, you know, just um, focus more on that. So, yeah. I would tell myself um, to not be afraid, because uh, me, I've this has been a really life transformation thing joining the van, um, because I'm a planner, and I like to, you know, I think ahead, like Ben was talking about, to you know see where I'm going to be. I remember I was 16 and going over to my brother-in-law's house. I'm like, 
you know, mind you, I'm a sophomore in high school, and I'm like, you know, what am I going to do? Like, I want to be a musician, obviously. I feel that's where God is calling me to, to be, you know, a drummer. I'm like, do I go to college? Do I not go to college? What's some girl's dad going to think? Mind you, I'm not in a relationship. You know, I'm like, he's chasing some pipe dream, trying to be a rock star, all this stuff. I'm like, I'm not in a relationship. And all this stuff. Then fast forward, you know, whatever, six years, I got the job with these guys. Two weeks, you know, go by. I'm changing my life, moving from Ohio to Iowa. And I'm stressing out. And it's like the final week of work. I'm trying to learn all their songs. I'm still working our 40-hour work weeks, my work. And it's funny because it takes an unbeliever to kind of set you straight, which is really, like, eye-opening to me. And, you know, she's like, you know, this is, like, this is it. Like, God's, like, she didn't say the Lord, but she's like, you're finally accomplished your dream or whatever. You know, and she goes, isn't this great? I'm like, yes, but no. You know, I'm, like, stressed out. I'm like, I got to learn the songs. I got four days when I get there, but a lot. I'm like, besides, what's some girl's dad going to think? You know, coming back to that. Now, mind you, I'm not in a relationship. I don't know. Do anything. She goes, (laughs) she's like, why are you worried about some girl who you don't know her father's opinion of you right now. Like, hey, that's good. Like, yeah. You know, because I was so stressed out for all these years about, you know, music financially, you know, some girl's dad, you know, and everything. And then two months later of joining the band, I met my wife and again goes back to, are you a saddest, are you satisfied? Because we kind of have similar stories with that. Like, we didn't go out pursuing our wives or anything. It was just, literally a blessing from the Lord, and they fit perfect in our community. So I would tell myself, yeah, not to be afraid that, just trust in the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> I was just sitting there thinking, you know, it's, uh, really there's nothing. Because I, I, if you look back to your life, you say, well, should have done this, should have done that. I mean, there's a lot of should have, but I think the Lord, the Lord planned all that. And I think First Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5 really nails it on the spot. It says, pray always, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will. So, the, so I, think, I think the word would be, be thankful. You know, not, not that I wasn't when I was 13, but I'm saying if there was a word, it would be, be thankful. And um, because God planned for all that to happen. Um, and so, and who made, and he made me who... I am right now, you know, and and if there was anything, just hey, um, look to him. It's kind of what you've been you've been saying, you know. Um, I think being thankful is a is a key in that because a lot of there's a lot of people that we meet, and they wish they had a different life, and honestly, God puts you there for a reason. And the only answer you'll find, is, like why, would be in Jesus. But instead of looking for why and just being stressed out, just enjoy your life, and God will take you places you've never dreamed of. Um, more in the line of what you guys have been saying, but just to trust. Um, 14 would be like, what, what grade would that be in? 14? Is that freshman? Huh? Freshman year, I'd say just at that point, it's like a lot of times we think we're smarter than other people. We're getting, you know, we're going, I'm hitting high school, I know everything, you know. Um, But I realize now that it's like, it's not about what you know, it's not about how smart you are that gets you through life. 
It's about how willing you are to let go of yourself, um, especially when it comes to authorities that God has placed in your life, such as your parents. A lot of us think that um, once we get smarter, our parents become not as smart, according to our uh, perception. But the reality is, even though you live with parents who are dumb, even though you live with parents who you think are brain dead, realize this, that God has given the authority to them, right? And if you're willing to submit yourself underneath their authority, your life would be a lot less stressful and a lot more enjoyable. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. Because think of it this way. We know of a couple people who um, live a life and their parents is not all there. And I'm, I'm talking about like actually physically the mental state of the parent isn't like, you know, they're handicapped in a way, right? So you would think like, well, why would the kid ever need to listen to a handicapped parent? Because like, why would they know anything about real life and the struggles of real life? But the reality is it doesn't matter. If you are willing to submit yourself to the authority that God's given you, the blessing of the Lord is right there for you. Because it's not about being smarter. It's not about knowing more. It's about being willing to be obedient. And on top of that, how can we say we will obey God if we can't even allow ourselves to submit under our parents, you know? And so that's the key thing. It's like this whole thing that God has established in front of us, that this whole ecosystem or whatever, culture, whatever you call it, is it's basically the more we try to climb up on our own strength, the more we try to dominate, the more we try to win, the more we try to be ahead of everything, it's the more stressful and not enjoyable life is. But the more we're willing to submit ourselves to go down and to, lo- to allow the Lord to work in us, the more life is just going to be amazing. So that's, that's what I could tell myself. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we have a couple minutes to be able to allow you guys some questions. I saw one hand up already over there, so we'll start with you, and we'll try our best to bounce around to everyone. All right, go for it. So, yeah. Yeah, we have a special one over at our campsite that has a lock to make sure no one else goes in it. And there was a man in there using the bathroom, and his fiance locked him in there, and the key broke inside, and he was stuck in there for 45 minutes. So we got bolt cutters to open. But he was just wondering if by chance you heard about it, because if that happened, all of creation heard about it. Because <laughs> we, we knew it was bouncing around. So that's funny. That's funny. Any other questions? Yeah. He's just chilling right there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go for it. Pet peeves. Ooh, um, when stuff is like just messy and dirty and just like in the bus when everybody just puts this stuff on like everywhere, I just go to a rampage and just just like clean everything up and I'm just like, pick up after yourself, people. Yeah, that's my biggest pet peeve. Well, he, he, he goes and cleans it up. He's a nice guy. I say, hey, who did this? Clean it up. So that's, that's a big pet peeve of mine, too. So I, but I, I make him do it where he, he cleans it up. He's much more of a nice guy than I am. Um, the other one is, the other pet peeve is, is when somebody comes to you and they ask a question, and then they don't know, like, what I just said. You know what I'm talking about? They're like, hey, what do you want me to do with this? And then, like, a day later, they said, hey, did you, what did you think about that? 
we had a conversation. You came to me and asked me, where was your head? You know, that's a pet peeve of mine. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> uh, pet peeves. Yeah, it goes along with cleanliness, just putting things back where you get them in the garage. Um, man, I think you guys, I think I'm kind of the, probably the same, I hope, unless I'm the one that's being told all these things. <laughs> I am the pet peeve. Um, yeah, I got, I got nothing. Um, that's, that's, that's additional on to you guys. living free. Go for it. Uh, band name, Bread of Stone. We, I, I don't know who actually came up exactly. We were discussing, because it was one of them is like tombstones, and we're like, that's too deadly. Um, I don't know. We, were, we wanted a whole premise about how we are nothing and how through Christ, he's the one that's transformed us. So um, Bread of Stone, don't eat us, because you'd probably break your teeth. But you know the story how Jesus was being tempted in the desert and how the enemy was like, hey, if you're hungry, why don't you just turn these stones to bread so you could eat? And he didn't do that. Um, but I believe that what he did for us is a miracle, basically, because there's no way we could be doing this unless it was Christ who was doing it. So that's why it's bread of stone. <laughs> also known as Tim. <laughs> no. um, I don't know. It's really tough when you're in a bus confined, and we travel everywhere in that bus. Basically, you have 12 people or 10 people all the time, and it's only 45 feet of distance from the very front to the very back, and that's all you've got. And the closest thing to privacy is a thin curtain in your bunk about this thin. And so any conversation you have with your wife or whatever have you, Everybody's like, oh, they're fighting. <laughs> um, so, um, or in the bathroom, I guess you could lock yourself in there. But it's still very, like, you could hear everything that's going on. Um, <laughs> bathroom. Um, but I don't know. Some, you know, the, the, what I see as bad days, honestly, it's just your own view and perspective of how you view things. Because there's actually no such thing, in my opinion, as good days or bad days. You get what I'm saying? Like, some people say, oh, man, today's a long day. It's like, what, the, the clock just kind of, like, lengthened itself and the earth slowed down, you know, like we're, like, floating. Um, I was like, there's no such thing. It's just our perspective. And I learned this recently that as easily as we could be miserable about our day, in a snap, we could be also joyful, be thankful about our day. It's just really about whether or not we want to stick in that cycle of just, like, uh, so-and-so is like, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just stop and be like, no, I don't want to ruin my day just because of some incident or some other person. I can choose today to be happy, to be thankful, and that's it. So as far as dealing with it, sometimes my wife would be the one that kind of, like, slaps me and be like, dude, stop it. Just <laughs> stop being like that. Just if you haven't got a problem, that's another thing, too, is if you got a problem or if you have an issue – just go talk to the person. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times we're just like, no, and you just grumble and complain in your, to yourself about this person. Just go talk because nine times out of ten, there's really no problem. You just kind of made it up yourself. So that's kind of how we deal with it. Well, 
And the other thing is what we're, like, I'm super thankful about is just have a, a, a community of people that, that are very supportive and like-minded. Like, there's none, nobody in our group that's like, oh, man, I hope he fails at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and I think we, I, I don't think normal people think that way, but, but in a sense, like, you want to be with those friends that, like, sympathize with you. Well, sympathizing with you doesn't always mean is a good thing. You know, you might be, you might need a friend that slaps you in the face, you know, or a wife that slaps you in the face. Um, but you know what I'm saying? And, and I think that's, that's very important that who you surround yourself with, who, who are your friends? Who are, you, who are the people that you go to? Do you go to that person? Hold. Wow, big time. Anyways, you, you, do you go to that person because, you know, they, they feel you, and they, but they do nothing, but, you know, kind of almost in a sense encourage you to be mad at somebody? You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that person's a jerk. Or say, well, hang on a second. You, you know what I'm saying? That challenges you because you, it's like working out. If you don't get challenged, nothing will ever change. I mean, seriously, you say, hey, I want to I want to lose weight. Right. But you hang out with people that love to eat chocolate and 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 all the stuff that that makes you overweight in the first place. Well, maybe you need a new friend. Maybe you need some friends that eat salad and work out. You know what I mean? You say, I don't like those friends. Yes, because they challenge you. Right. But are they doing the right thing? So so I think that's the thing that we need to we need to see. And and that's the. That's what I'm thankful about the community that we have is that um, we're honest, you know, we're honest. And it's, when somebody comes and says, hey, I'm, I'm going through this, and I say, wow, you should be thankful for that because God is challenging you through. Now, we're not always jerks, you know what I mean? We're not always like, yeah, well, you're in that. So, but, but there's, that, there's a righteous thing going on, you know what I mean? There's like, hey, there's a, there's something that you do. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, because you know that those friends that you're like, I know she's right, but I don't like her. You know, it's kind of like your parents. I know they're right, but no. About one or two more questions from you guys. Anyone? All the way back there. I've got a Gibson and a Fender Telly. Um, well, we have a harmony, I, I play a harmony, um, which is a company that went under a long time ago. Um, what? Yeah. Yeah. I have an old 65, but we have a ton of guitar on the tour though. Taylor guitar, right? Yeah, that's it. And then there's a bass guitar, but that's not really a guitar. And a ukulele. Do you play the ukulele while you're on stage? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> just need an electric ukulele, and then you'd be killing it. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> All right. One more question for it. All right, right in the front. Go for it. Well, you got me on Facebook. 
I've seen I've seen a few episodes of The Office. The only guy that watches this movie. <laughs> well, I really do enjoy. Uh, I do watch clips every now and then on YouTube of Dwight and and Jim going back at each other and back and forth. It's so funny. I love the part where <laughs> Jim like uh, he puts Dwight's stapler in the Jello. That's the best. That's the best one. Or when he walks in, and he looks and he looks like Dwight. <laughs> I was gonna say that my uh, class, my sophomore year, we put our Spanish teacher's stapler in Jello. <laughs> it was terrible, but we ended up buying him a new stapler because it was just a bad stapler anyway. But to go through that prank, we had it after, like two classes after lunch. So this kid made the Jello, snuck it into the secretary's office to keep it cool in her refrigerator, went and got it back, <laughs> just in time to have it on his podium. You'd put that energy into life. You'd no, I'm <laughs> That's awesome. That's all the time we have for interview today. Um, before we close, I, if it's all right with you guys, we would like to actually pray for you guys because, um, yeah, you guys are doing literally everything, you know, for God. You're just going out and you're doing it and you're reaching so many different people. And we know without a doubt, you know, that that's got to be hard. And having a family and just doing everything you guys do, I just want to lift you up in prayer so that you guys are blessed and and absolutely so. If you guys would, let's just stand. Reach your, reach your hands forward, and we're going to pray over these guys right here today. So, dear Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you for each and every one of these guys' lives in, in this band, Lord, that, that e they have their stories, Lord, that you have written out. And, God, we know that you have so much more in store for them. So we pray right now um, for their future, Lord, as a band and in their ministries and everything that they're doing, Lord, that you would just continue to guide them in the same way you have throughout the years, Lord, that you would keep their marriages super close and entirely focused on you throughout it. And, Lord, that a future marriage is also for the bassist as well, Lord. <laughs> Amen. Uh, God, that they would just be able to continue in everything that you'd have them to do. And, Lord, be blessed as they're blessing others, Lord. We thank you for these guys and, and God, everything that you've done in their lives. In your name we pray. Amen. So let's give it up for Bread of Stone. Absolutely.